111 call takers who are on the phone to people clinging to rooftops, fearing for their lives during the cyclone, are still traumatised by what they heard. In the 12 hours where Gabrielle unleashed her worst on the Upper North Island, the 111 call centre received more than five times its usual volume of calls for help. That's 1,275 calls between 11pm February 13th through to 11am the next morning. Fens National Commander Russell Wood has acknowledged the number of calls far exceeded our people's capacity to respond to them all and the conditions prevented our people reaching many of the calls we were able to respond to. New Zealand Professional Firefighters Union representative Carlos Dempsey is a 111 call taker and team leader and he says callers were desperate. So they had numerous calls from people who were stuck either in vehicles uh, on roads cut off by slips uh, in uh, in their roofs of their house or even in their houses in sheds pretty much everywhere in between um, who were unable to evacuate and looking for assistance from um, our, our crews, the fire trucks out and about in um, the Hawke's Bay. Uh, they spent sometimes 30 to 40 minutes on some of these calls uh, and developed a real relationship with, with the people. They were right in the thick of it with them and could hear everything that was going on behind or around them. And uh, they were working with them to try and, and get them help where, when they could. You mentioned that some of those calls were like 20, 30, 40 minutes long. What's happening during a call like that? Advice has been given. Um, we're trying to, to gather as much information for our crews. We're their eyes and ears until they, until they arrive at the scene. Um, and as so, we, we have two roles: one is a call taker, and one is a dispatcher. And so, while the call taker is taking information and, and entering it into our computer system, the dispatcher is passing information on. Um, we were seeking um, or giving advice. I even had reports of uh, a person who didn't believe they were going to a member of the public who didn't believe they were going to make it, asking one of my staff members to to pray with them, and they. They utilised um, good old Google to um, to search up some prayers that they could share with this person. So again, providing a bit of reassurance, trying to calm them down, making sure that um, they stay as safe as possible and giving reassuring advice. That must be pretty tough while you're on the end of the phone trying to be as professional as possible and give really solid advice and you know the other person is petrified. Yeah, that's um, something where we work together at a very small team um, and I've seen some very experienced people really affected by the calls they've taken over the past um, past few weeks, uh, especially during Cyclone Gabriel. Um, yeah, the things they were hearing and knowing that there was no help coming in that short term simply because no one could get to them. It was a, a safety thing for our people as well. Um, it has really tested a lot of people's um, ability to, to keep doing it. But um, again, a credit to... Uh, fire and emergency, they, they are providing ongoing welfare and wellbeing support for, for some people, for the people who have been affected by, by this. And that's, um, yeah, I really appreciate that. So what were your call takers having to tell people when they knew that crews couldn't get to them? It was too dangerous to get to them or too incredibly difficult? So advice has been given, such as um, breaking into roofs, uh, just coming up with, with other options for, as you can imagine, when people are in a panic state, they uh, find it difficult to make decisions. And it's one of the things we uh, we talk about right from the beginning of our training as a, as a call taker is 
You are the only trained person in this conversation, and that's why uh, the, the caller has no experience generally in making a call like this. It's our job to guide them through it and um, come to uh, the best outcome for everybody. Um, so, that uh, giving giving advice about again breaking into roofs or where they can try seek um, seek shelter, um, and again trying to keep people calm. Uh, this is similar to just day-to-day work for us when it comes to house fires, when people uh, have got, they can uh, try and stop them going back inside a house. So that's one of our key messages is um, getting out and staying out. And uh, so the, the act of persuasion, I've been able to relate to people that empathy is, is a massive part of the job. It must be so good to know that you have helped someone, but I imagine that there must be so many people that you talked through that to that night, many of them you won't know the outcome. For most of those, no, we don't know the outcome. There were several jobs where the outcome was um, obvious from the beginnings of the call. Um, And, yeah, there were... Some, so normally the, a job that we enter into our into our computer system is only there, it, it's there until um, a resolution is reached, until the fire is put out, the person is rescued, and normally that's a matter of uh, hours or um, not normally days, and that was something challenging for our people uh, coming back to work day after day and seeing those jobs that they took still hadn't um, been resolved because it was so hard to get through to people. Um, but we were working through a system, um, systematically calling people back. Um, so some of those people who were on the phone for 40 minutes, they were phoned several times by different different um, call takers here. And um, again, reassurance was needed to be provided. But we also wanted to see if, if the situation had changed, it might have got better and maybe they didn't need help anymore and um, we could divert resource to other, other people um, so yeah, it's really to know that um, some of those have not been um, successful, um, and but we keep telling ourselves that uh, we did the best. We were there to support them, and um, you know we we did yeah we did the best for those people in their hour of need. And um, if anything, we we gave them some comfort and knew that someone was looking out for them. And that's Carlos Dempsey. In a statement to Checkpoint, Fens National Commander Russell Wood says the weather conditions, the level of flooding and sometimes their own circumstances meant our people couldn't reach many of those in need on the night. Helicopters were unable to rescue people in darkness and due to overnight weather conditions, rescue efforts continued to be hampered during the following day due to high winds. Our firefighters did an amazing job, he says, in the circumstances. There'll be an operational review and response, including how we responded to one one calls, but at the moment their focus is on the immediate response and recovery effort.